Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas, and today my guests include Jennifer Bergman. She is the Brainerd City Administrator and also Brainerd Police Chief Mike Bestel. Folks, welcome back to Community Focus. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Ken. Yeah, good to have you here today. You too. Jennifer, maybe we'll start with you. What's what's going on over on uh, your side of things? You bet. So, you know, it's been a long winter. <laughs> True. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm actually looking forward to road construction. I don't know about you, but... It says you know, spring. It That's does. one thing for sure. So I figured I'd just start out today by talking about road construction. So we do have several projects that are going to be going on this summer. Um, we'll be doing reconstruction on Juniper Street, um, a lot of North Brainerd. Okay. Juniper Street from 2nd to 10th, North 3rd from Washington to Holly, North 6th from Washington to Juniper, and North 7th from Kingwood to Holly. So that's our reconstruction. We'll also be doing some seal coating as well, and that's College Drive, South 4th, 10th Street Southeast, Brook Street, 10th Avenue Northeast, and H Street. And, of course, just always like to tell people if they have questions, they can always call City Hall about those projects um, and talk to our city engineer, public works director, Paul Sandy. Yeah. So... And we've talked to Paul before on the process and how you determine which streets need to be upgraded and which ones need to be recoded and that whole process. It's pretty interesting, actually. That's right. And actually, he'll be here probably in April to talk more in depth about the road construction. But just a little teaser. All right. Uh, bring us up to speed on what's happening with the Mississippi Trailhead Project. Again, we're really excited about this project. Um, that is the new park that will be in the small parking lot that is just next to the football field down on East River Road. Um, a final site plan was presented to the park board, oh, wow. and our consultant is now uh, preparing our construction documents. So um, that will be going out to bid soon, and construction will start this spring and will conclude by the end of the summer. So we'll have an amphitheater and access to the Mississippi River, and it's just going to be a beautiful little park. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people excited about this addition to the city of Brainerd. Absolutely. And the Lakes area, getting us uh, onto that Mississippi. Yep, big river that we we tend to forget about. We cross it every day. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Jennifer, I think we've talked about this before, but you've got uh, some things going on when it comes to economic development. We do. We have actually a lot of things going on with economic development. So the EDA, which is our Economic Development Authority, it's a a part of the city of Brainerd, uh, decided to throw out, cast a net and see who would be interested in providing economic development services for the city and for the EDA this year. Um, We created eight different categories. We did a request for proposal. And the EDA has recently awarded contracts. Um, The categories were marketing and funding and property marketing and development, business retention, business resources, Main Street programming. And so the EDA selected four entities to provide these services. So Visit Brainerd will be doing some marketing. Mm. Uh, Destination Downtown Business Coalition is planning a lot of things for Main Street. Um, Swanson Haskamp uh, is a firm that's helping us right now with our zoning code, and they'll be helping us with property marketing and development. And then Bladeck for a, a number of different things as well. So i uh, really excited this year to, to really see what these organizations can do to help support our economic development. Awesome. All right. Um, 
talk to us about the money that is coming in from the, what is it called, the American Rescue Plan? American Rescue Plan. We're going to be talking about money a, a little bit today. So uh, another thing is the federal government, through that America Rescue Plan Act, uh, allocated about $1.4 million to the city of Brainerd. Wow. Yeah, and it's quite an opportunity. Uh, this is really a kind of a one-time shot or a one-time chance at, at funds like this. Uh, the funds can be used for things like public health and negative economic impacts, infrastructure, revenue replacement. So the city council is going to be having a work session on February 28th to discuss what to do with with these funds. So we would encourage people to, to comment and pay attention. Uh, again, really a, a one-time opportunity here for the city of Brainerd. Okay. Yeah. And I was going to ask, I would imagine there's some um, criteria that uh, determines where that money is spent. So that'll be interesting. It is. It's, you know, it's federal funds. Sure. And so sometimes federal funds come with, with a lot of strings, but we think we can do some good work um, here in the city of Brainerd with that money. We also, um, as I've talked about before, too, talking about money, uh, our charter, our city charter allocates funds to uh, three different categories. The Charter Commission spent a lot of work really looking at these categories and and what to do. So um, the city will be accepting proposals until March 10th for three different categories three different organizations. So one that provides events and community action programs, one that provides green space or arboretums, and then one that provides services for our senior citizens. Mm -hmm. So um, the city allocates, according to the charter, 1.5% of last year's levy. And so we're, we're excited to see what kind of proposals we'll get and what organizations want, want to do these things on behalf of the city. Oh, very interesting. All right. Uh, last but not least, uh, as always, uh, you have uh, city boards and commissions, need people to run those, and I understand there are some openings. There are. In fact, I said to you, this is kind of a shameless plug, um, I just mentioned a whole ton of things that the city of Brainerd is working on that are really exciting. I talked about the Charter Commission, talked about you know the Planning Commission doing our zoning code. And so we have open seats on a number of our boards and commissions, our Cable TV Advisory Committee. Our Charter Commission, our Rental Dwelling License Board of Appeals, our Economic Development Authority, our Planning Commission, and the Water Tower Committee. So, you know, if, you, if you're a Brainerd resident and you want to get involved, we would just really encourage you go to our website, take a look at these boards and commissions and what they're doing, and fill out an application. Okay. Do they have various lengths on the terms and so on? How do, uh, they do, and they vary by every board and commission. And again, if, if people are interested, go to our website and it'll tell you all about it. Or certainly call City Hall and we'd be happy to talk to anybody. Excellent. All right. Uh, well, Chief Mike Bestel is here today as well. And uh, Chief, let's talk about some of the things that you're working on. Sure. Thanks, Ken. Um, the first thing I'd like to talk about is our tobacco ordinance. Um, a couple of years ago in 2020, the uh, new federal and state mandates came out with this, what they that they phrased as T21. And what that really is, is that, um, you know, the importance of under 21 in tobacco use um, was the discussion. Our legislators came through along in, in guiding with the federal government saying, hey, we really need to focus on the use of tobacco and possession of tobacco and, and all the use of those. Um, and so in 
to be in compliance with the state of Minnesota, uh, we're looking at updating our tobacco ordinance and doing a revision to that to represent what used to be 18 and under as opposed to what is 21 and under. And really, we put, took a lot of uh, input from the public health departments and, and a lot of guidance on what this should look like. The Department of Health really looked at it saying that you know we shouldn't criminalize the use of tobacco. We should um, not necessarily decriminalize it, but really work on diversion programs with with this uh, you know under the age of 18, under the age of 21, and really educating um, the people who use those products and, and the safe you know the you know how unsafe it is for everybody. Um, and so what we're working on right now is, and I think it's going to be on the next council meeting of getting that revision done to our tobacco ordinance. And really the focus is is on the retailers. And so a lot of our licensing and our retailers is that let's make sure that our retailers that we license are in compliance with um, the state and the federal guidelines. And so there were some revisions that will be proposed to the council. Um, in addition to that will be some um, different compliance checks, how we do those compliance checks on an annual basis, and then also some administrative fines with some increase on that. Mm. And so we're really looking um, to get that to the council on, on the next council meeting, which is the 22nd. And hopefully get that in 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 line with with um, you know the what the state legislature you know really wants us to be doing and stuff. So yeah, and Mike, when we talk about tobacco, does that include the vaping products? Because it seems that's a big thing right now, especially with the young people. <laughs> Absolutely, it, it's any tobacco type product. It could be a vape. It could be any product that involves in in the uh, you know. If you have a tobacco pipe, if you will, it, it's not illegal necessarily unless the tobacco's in it. You know, so there's all those kind of things. So it includes the um, you know t- tobacco products to include the vapes, and the vape is the real big thing right now yeah. um, in our 18 and under population yeah. for a lot of different type of reasons. And so it will include that. Yeah, very interesting. All right, um, let's talk uh, about. <laughs> policing here in the states, and I—we uh, could probably talk a long time, couldn't we? We could, and and really, and I appreciate the time for the. One of the things that I, I want our community to know is that the the community and the police relationship in our neighborhood, in our area, is tremendous. We have endured a lot over this last year, um, COVID kind of made it even bigger and so what I want to do is shout out to all the community members and I'll be very honest with you I, I, I went through a drive through a time or two working and I cannot tell you how many times somebody has paid for my um, my meal and it happens time and time again to the officers getting free coffee from somebody paying it forward, not wanting to be recognized, and, and people dropping by our office and bringing food. And it's not just during the holidays. It's all the time. So um, the community has, uh, you know, has really reached out to us, and, and we have a great group of officers in Crow Wing County and, and the whole surrounding area. And, and we – God bless. Don't have the the big controversial issues like down in the metro, and um, you know we we really um, appreciate all the support that we have from the community here. Yeah, it's too bad, but uh, I think some people throw all eggs in one basket and they forget that's not the case. And personally, I think you guys have one of the toughest jobs in America today. Uh, it can't be easy. Yes, and that's kind of where I'll go in my my next phase here is talking about you know. We have a problem hiring officers. 
the state of Minnesota has a problem of getting uh, you know young or anybody um, into colleges to want to enter these programs. Mm-hmm. These programs, you know, you look at the stigma of being a police officer, and just like what you said is, we are not doctors, we're not psychologists, we are, you know, we go to school to be police officers, and the amount of you know, additional type of training that we need and on um, to do our job effectively. And, and you just look every day, there's a story on policing in, in Minnesota and the United States and, you know, and how do we wrap our head around this and, and work collaboratively with all of our partners in, you know, the medical field and the psychology field. Um, mental health obviously is a big one for us and domestic yeah. violence, all those things. And, you know, what? how can we better serve and give the better product? And it's not that Police don't want to do it. It's just there's probably better, um, uh, better resources available out there um, that can come alongside us and, and do what we need to do to, to you know resolve an issue. We we've always said this. We're the first ones there. Um, we're not the end all. We're just trying to you know find a resource to help those people out. So um, that's a really really tough field. If you look at one of the deals uh, I read, uh, I think it was. Uh, uh, Washington Post talked about one of the toughest jobs out there, um, medical doctors in mental health and police officers. And so this yeah. isn't just a Minnesota deal. Yeah. And and the other thing I'll go back is, is that, you know, the defunding of the police and as really, uh, you know, you look at six months ago or nine months ago, the big movement is defund, defund, defund. And here we are today as we have more money, hire more, hire more, hire more. So we've taken this roller coaster ride um, and kind of looping this all back is with all that, you know, our community supported us on the ups and the downs and, and on behalf of the Brainerd Police Department, but I know all law enforcement appreciate the support. Yeah. Uh, Mike, some of the other uh, comments I've heard over the years, or uh, uh, even recently, uh, through policing right here. And it's something that came up when the defund the police first came up, and then other people were talking about just uh, refocus how they work. And uh, we talked about the mental health professionals that uh, can work with you. But hasn't that been happening here for a long time with uh, one of the mental health groups right here in the Lakes area? Oh, yes. We've had something in place for years and years. Um, And it really came to head, you know, now, um, you know, COVID, COVID was a big one. Yeah. Um, domestic violence and all those, you know, um, the stress amount, you know, on on people today. I mean, in our field, in your field, it doesn't matter what field you are. People have a lot of stress, and yes. and we've always uh, relied on our partners to work side by side with us. Can we do better? Can we have more funding? Can we have more resources? The answer is yes. If you go to the ED department and you say how many mental health people we have, um, you know, coming through your facility, it's a lot. And it's a bigger story. We won't even talk about, you know, the additional beds that are needed to help with mental health because that's another hour-long discussion as well. So um, yeah. it's it's a real big problem here. And, you know, we just try to keep working with our partners. Yeah. But that's the I think that's the good thing is you do have partners to work with when you run into these cases where you need some mental health pro- uh, professionals. They do work with you. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And we appreciate those relationships. We just need more and more of them, you know, and that's, uh, you know, there's... It, it, there's always a need. Yeah. Will uh, will policing get better? Will it get? Uh, and I want to. I hesitate to say back to where it was, but uh, it's got to get better than where we are now. Is is it when we come through the pandemic? Do you think things will 
turn around? What's your thoughts I, on this? Yeah, I really, I really do believe. I, I think that we're looking at some hiring strategies. The Minnesota Chiefs of Police Association, and I know the sheriff's office, and this, and and the state. And you look at uh, Governor Wallace has even alluded to how do we entice more people into our career. I think that um, there's a marketing strategy out there to you know maybe you know right out of college or before they go to college get you know get your your hooks into somebody if you will and and you know and and pay for their education kind of like what we're seeing in nursings right now you give me we'll pay for it and you know really trying to market you know police um, officers similarly to what the military does you know a lot of like the army campaigns and um, you know is there some robust way of doing this and I think they're talking about it you know with this excess money or you know extra money that the state has right now is what are some strategies out there to get people into our field again so but I'm optimistic I think that we're we're on the downhill slide of of, of what we've what we've endured the last year and um, you know I think people look at it as a you know if you want to serve the community you want to be that person um, you know we are here for you and, and and come and see us and but you know recruiting is always an issue with us we're still three officers down we've been down um, it's just you know you've got to say you got two or two or three hundred you know officers that are ready to hit the field in but we have 400 jobs that are available in the oh, state wow. of Minnesota and probably more so there's you know you do the best you can with recruitment and and trying to get to these uh, you know the Alex Tex and the Hibbings and and Fond du Lac and all these other organizations to try to find some good candidates yeah all right. Last but not least, uh, what are the Booyah Awards? Oh, you know, this. <laughs> when I first became chief, one of the things that were so important for me is that, um, you know, recognizing the great work our officers do. Yes. Um, and that's one of the things that I thought, um, you know, how can we do this? We really need to appreciate our, our most valuable asset in the city, and that's our employees. And so I, I, I was laying in bed one night, and I said, you know, I need a B word because I want to call it Bestel something. And it came up on me, the Booyah um, so I presented it to our admin staff, and they all laughed at me. And I said, well, <laughs> we're going to try this thing. Um, and it's been a great success. It's almost been a year now. Uh, once a month, we we uh, we submit nominations. Anybody can submit nominations for anybody in our department, to our clerical division, to our community service officers, to our patrol staff. Tell us something that you saw somebody did a really, really nice job on. And just to recap, a couple of them, a couple of life savings awards we've had, um, one that was outstanding where one of our officers went into a burning house and and uh, and was able to uh, get the resident out safely wow. um, to just a lot of just great community work and so what we do is at the uh, we vote on this by the administration and once a month I I uh, I present a booya uh, mug and a certificate and it just so happens that we're getting ready to give the Bob Award and that's the best of the best Bowie Award um, and that's uh, coming up this Thursday so I can't tell you who that winner is yet but I uh, look forward to that and, and it's at first it was sustainability will, will this kind of sustain well our officers do a lot of good work out in the community um, a lot of people calling in and, and that's great and um, it really has brought the morale and, and, and recognizing and appreciating employees right now are very important okay so can we nominate someone uh, uh, can the public nominate someone? Well, yeah. If 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 the uh, if the public sees somebody that one of our officers doing good jobs, which they do a lot, you know, call in, talk to me, um, talk to one of the administrators. Um, we'll definitely get that on the nomination for you, and that's exactly where a lot of these nominations come from. But um, I I really. 
you know, I, I can't tell you how good it went off. It was just some crazy idea, if you will, from myself. But I thought, what can we do? And and now we talk of you know at our city council meetings. You know, where's the booyah? You know, and so um, it, it's really good for our organization and recognizing our employees. Wonderful. Well, and, so. and, you know, and I'm just going to add, Chief Bestel has just done an amazing job with our police department and this Booyah Award and really putting a light on the good work that our officers do every single day. So just uh, I think the city is really lucky to have Chief Bestel, too. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's been a pleasure to have you both here today to talk about that. Thank you for what you do, Chief Bestel, and keep up the good work. I hope to see you again soon here on this show. Sounds great. Thanks, Ken. All right. Our guests today uh, include, of course, our Brainerd City Administrator, Jennifer Bergman. Jennifer, thanks for being here today. And Brainerd Police Chief Mike Bestel, we'll hope to see you both soon. Thanks. And I forgot to mention, happy Valentine's Day. So thank you very <laughs> you much. Go. Thank you. I'm Ken Thomas, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. Don't forget our Community Focus programs can be found anytime on our website, 1067wjjy.com. You can also find them on our free mobile app powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.